We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF, and you could normally find my co-host at Matt Jones TFR here with us, but he is not here tonight. He informed my other co-host at TJ Calkins right before the show that he's really not feeling well. So, uh, shout out to Matt. Um, he is the guy. He's the familiar face around here. He's the one that everybody is used to, and he turned the reins over the two of us tonight. So that could only mean one thing. It will absolutely go off the rails tonight, and Matt will be sitting there squeezing his pillow and just throwing stuff at the wall. But, uh, TJ, we're here to take you game by game through the main slate for Week 11. 
back to normal a little bit this week with seven early games and four later games. And as I look over these games and the point totals for this week, I notice a couple of things. We have very close matchups this week, a lot of three-point or less matchups. And also, we have the fewest over 50-point totals I've seen probably since week one. We have two games on the main slate that are slated to go over 51, and that's not even that high at all. So we're going to have to look a little bit deeper for the winners this week. And uh, speaking of winners, TJ, how did you make out in week 10? You know, I made out not bad, but I could have done a lot better. Uh, I actually, not true to my own character, I, I went unstubborn and I actually didn't lock my guy for the first time in a long time. Uh, but I did stay stubborn on uh, hammering the Eagles because I thought the Eagles were going to have a big boost. So uh, what should have been a great week was just okay. Yeah, and his guy is, of course, Deontay Johnson, who put up a 26 spot this week. All, we'll get to that game. All of the, the Pittsburgh wide receivers put up 20-plus. He put up the most. And, by the way, comes back again the cheapest this week. So we'll definitely get into that soon. But you, you mentioned Philadelphia, and the first game we got up – on the slate this week with a 46.5 total is the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Cleveland Browns. This game is a 3.5 spread right now in favor of Cleveland. Last week, both of these teams had running backs that that showed up, played great, got bulks of the touches, and then disappointed it when it came to the end zone. And and, uh, in much different ways did they disappoint us getting to the end zone. We'll start with Nick Chubb, who was back after missing several weeks he is back at $7,000. He returned, and for a period of the game, TJ, he seemed to disappear. He was there early, and then I didn't see him for a while. There was a lot of hunt, a lot of hunt. But Chubb returned later in the game, and then it looked like it was all Chubb, and he looked like his old self. He is 100% healthy. He is 100% back. But what will be left in everybody's minds is him breaking free up the sideline for that long touchdown and having a wherewithal as a football player to get out of bounds. I would have actually thought – just fall to the ground and keep the clock running. But he did enough to keep them where they could just kneel on the ball, right? But he broke hearts of a lot of people, including gamblers, because that game finished a half a point uh, below the spread. Um, if they, if he would if he would have scored that touchdown, it would have paid for a lot of people. So TJ, $7,000 for him, Hunt, $6,700. They both saw 19 carries. They both went over 100 yards. Chubb did find the end zone once, but Hunt was the one who added three receptions for 28. How are you looking at these running backs? Are you, you know, can you play both? Would you play both? Are you playing them in separate lineups? Not the same lineup, of course. How do you look at them this week going against Philadelphia? Uh, definitely not playing playing them in the same lineup. I don't think there's any way you can do that this week. I do think it is viable, uh, especially when the pricing was different, uh, when the Browns were playing a better matchup. Uh, Playing rushing backs against the Eagles is a little bit of a dicey proposition, and especially because I think the Browns could be trailing in this game. Uh, The breakouts for, say, Rager and Goddard on the other side of the ball, just because they haven't happened yet, I I don't think that means it's not going to happen. And with the Browns' coverage, especially on the outside for a deep threat and for tight ends, I think at least one of those guys break out this week, I think, we're going to see a lot of points from Philly, and if the Browns are trailing, I think uh, Hunt might be the more attractive option this week. Yeah, Hunt is clearly getting the the the, uh, the targets out of the backfield, 
I think uh, Chubb only sold one a week ago. Like you mentioned with the the Eagles targets, Zach Ertz is also he's been designated to return, and there is a possibility he could rear his head this weekend, and that just adds more to the to the Eagle side of the ball. Um, we'll move on from the the Browns because I don't think with 19 carries each for the running backs. No wide receiver on a team saw more than three receptions. I think five targets were the most. So I, I don't know that we're interested in anybody on the receiving side. You could tell me if I'm wrong about that, TJ. Uh, I mean, Higgins is kind of interesting uh, at 4,500. I don't trust Landry at all in any scenario. But like I said, if the Browns are trailing in this game or we got a close game, uh, it, it's just simply always been and always will be better to throw on Philly. And if there is a receiver on the Browns that has – the potential for that DK bonus and for a touchdown, it's definitely Higgins and the price is right. All right. So speaking about that other running back that looked good, came back, was healthy at Miles Sanders, but disappointed us in the sense that he played fine. He did everything we asked him to do with his touches. It's just that a 56 yard touchdown run out of Boston Scott and a one carry five yard, one touchdown day from Corey Clement kept Miles Sanders from finding the end zone and really Hurt a lot of people. If he gets even one of those touchdowns, it becomes a much different day. He's back at $6,700 this week. And he's going against a very attackable Cleveland run defense. Um, you know, are, are you comfortable throwing him in there? Do you think there's too many Scott Peterson shenanigans when it comes to putting these other guys in there? And again, we mentioned there is a slew of pass catching targets. And as you mentioned last week, Carson Wentz is a running quarterback this year. So, where are you at with Miles Sanders? Oh, Wentz wasn't a running quarterback last week. That didn't happen. But uh, Sanders, man, uh, I think under 7K, it's just going to be a very favorable price. Like you said, uh, I don't know if it's Peterson shenanigans. It just, I mean, it didn't work out for him last week. It was bad luck that Scott hit the big play. Um, I mean, the goal line carry for Clement, that was just, that was odd. Uh, I'll say that, but I, I don't know <laughs> if that's something to count on going forward. Um but again, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to live and die by it, but I'm just going to play a lot of Philly players this week. I think Wentz is absolutely in play as well. Uh, Sanders is going to be a great play. I don't know if I'm going to play Sanders in conjunction with any of the other Eagles, but uh, as far as maybe a double stack with Wentz, you can use Sanders, neither Rager or Goddard. But uh, Wentz, Rager, Goddard, and Sanders, I am, uh, I, I'm very interested in this matchup. Uh, I do want to watch the weather. The last two Browns home games, as we know, have been absolutely decimated by weather. Uh, that was the Raider game and last week uh, the Texas game. So definitely pay attention to that weather. But if we get a calm enough day and uh, lack of precipitation, I think this is going to be a sneaky game. All right. Well, like I said, we have a lot of low totals this week, and we have to find the spots where we can find the hidden points and and take home some green this week. So – Listen to TJ. He's a smart guy. He does better than me each week. Um, all right, next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. And this is one of our total of 51 games, uh, highest scoring game. I looked because I say these teams had to have played each other this year already, right? No, they actually play each other twice in the next three weeks. Uh, Falcons play this week, then take on the Raiders, and then they're back to take on New Orleans again. So we're going to get a, a look at what we might see again two weeks from now, although we know – uh, indoor, outdoor can can change things. Oh, actually, both of these teams play indoors, so it actually won't be any outdoor games. But 
most importantly, Drew Brees is out for this game, might be out for the foreseeable future. So we get a very reasonably priced Jameis Winston at $5,900, but Taysom Hill, of course, is hanging over his head. We know that they will find ways to get Taysom Hill in there. And on DraftKings, you don't have the luxury of putting Taysom Hill into your tight end spot like I do on my ESPN leagues, and I will be playing him in my tight end. It's an absolute cheat code in your tight end spot on season-long ESPN. Yeah, you believe that, TJ? So I'm basically playing two QBs of the single QB league this week on ESPN, which is fun. But we will have to decide, and you tell me, TJ, your feelings on Jameis Winston at $1,500. Listen, we saw what he could do last year with downfield threats. And they have guys that can catch the ball downfield on the same way. Mike Thomas is not that guy. He's slant guard Mike, as he's become to be known more recently. And uh, Traquan Smith is probably not going to play. Keep an eye on He got banged up hard last week. But they do have guys like Deontay Harris who can get downfields. And they got the guy um, Marquez Callaway, who was looking really good a little bit early in the year, who could get downfield. Really cheap options. The only problem with Jameis is the turnover factor. So, are you willing to risk putting him in a couple of lineups for those big downfield plays that he could get you, TJ? No, I really don't think I am. And I, I guess I'm just going to pose a question. I've been kind of weighing this myself. What percentage of snaps does Taysom Hill have to play to become a projected higher scorer than Jameis? <laughs> well, snaps at quarterback? Or yeah, snaps. Well, I mean, so, yeah, because well, he lines up a tight end. He lines up. Sure. I would say, uh, I would say, if he play, if he plays ten percent of the snaps, I call it's, it back, it's a low number, big, right? Like big, it's like twenty percent, yeah. even yeah. Because the so, plays are geared towards him when he's in there. It's just a fact. I, I mean, I agree with that, and it's almost because of that where you can't trust Jameis. I mean, is Jared Cook the best deep option on the team right now? You know, considering all things, I, I think he might be, which is sad. So it, it doesn't really fit Jameis' skill set, uh, the weaponry they have there, uh, turnovers or not. Uh, Hill's going to be the gimmick play. And I, I really think we could see like a 30% of quarterback snap situation for Hill. Well, 30% so, would be – I mean, he becomes playable at that point. You yeah. know, he really does. So I, I think I'd rather just roll the ownership dice and t- throw a dart or two at Taysom Hill than play Jameis. And, I, I mean, it, there's just nothing attractive about Jameis for me. And clearly that is in tournament play only. You're not going to play either one of these guys yeah, in your right, cash right. games. Neither guy is reliable enough to get that crazy. Uh, it will separate you if one of them hits in a tournament. Uh, listen, let's talk about Michael Thomas. We all thought – Last week would be one of those games where he got peppered with targets. It just didn't happen. I did see late in the game, Jameis went to him twice back-to-back on throws in the end zone, and the, 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 the passes were just completely off. It wasn't a Michael Thomas fault situation. Uh, he's still reasonably priced at $7,300, uh, regardless of who's in there. This is a terrible Falcons uh, defense. They're 30th against wide receivers this year, and he's reasonably priced. And by the way, Devontae Adams – might not play this week. So you can get a good value at 7,300. You're going back to him this week, TJ. No, no, that's way too much with Jameis. And I mean, he hasn't produced with Breeze this year. And we've seen, I guess it's been kind of, 
I, I don't even know how to put it. Like a breeze had a noodle arm early in the year. And I guess as the year progressed, it looked a little better, not a ton, but I mean, it, it just should have added up to 20 targets a game for Michael Thomas. And I mean, granted it's a small sample, but it hasn't happened. And until I see something different, I'm just not going to be playing him. And if you know what, if new Orleans smashes this week, I'm probably going to lose, but I'm, I think I'm going to be fading that side completely. I don't think I want anyone. Well, I, I, you know, last week I said you don't need to have Kamara in your lineups if you don't want him. It wasn't necessary because it was a tough matchup. And it proved out to be a tough rushing matchup. He really did not do much on the ground at all, but he made up for it with seven receptions for 80-plus yards and three touchdowns, and he ended up smashing with a 34-plus game. He goes all the way up to $9,200 this week. He's up from 8,200 last week. And the season high before that was 8,300. So they have really, we're getting later in the season and really starting to make these guys a little bit more difficult to get in your lineup. But Hey, in a cash game, I could never argue with you putting Kamara in there because he probably had one of the toughest matchups he's going to have all year last week. And he produced. So that's all you need to say about that side of the ball over on the other side. Ridley is still banged up. Uh, he's not 100% yet, so this is something to definitely keep an eye on. Julio has played well as of late. He comes in at 7,500. But should Ridley not play, uh, and there's a chance that this game could be a high-scoring game. It's it's one of the higher totals on the week, if not tied for the highest total of the week. Are you interested in either Zacchaeus or Gage? Uh, they come in at 3,900 for Gage and 3,500. For Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, or you say tomato, I say tomato. TJ, either one of these guys is a long shot play, really cheap, to get you, gives you the ability to get some other guys in your lineup this week. Honestly, uh, knowing what the Saints, uh, the struggles they've had with tight ends this year, I, it's Hayden Hurst for me that's actually that guy. You know, and it's a, I, I don't know if we say this every year. I think this year's a little bit weirder where, you're looking at the tight end five through tight end 11 range. These guys have like eight and nine points. So, you know, it is so easy to break the tight end spot. And Hurts has been nothing if not just like a safe double-digit DK output guy. If he scores, you can get more. But, you know, he's getting those targets. He's getting seven, eight targets. And I think the matchup is very sound. And like you said, if Ridley is healthy or not, if he plays, probably somewhat limited. And if he doesn't, even better yet. But uh, if you're not paying up for Julio, I think the best option on this team is Hayden Hurst. Yeah, and like we say every week, at a year where going into last week, TJ Hawkinson, I believe, was the third-ranked tight end on the season. If you looked at season-long points, you know it's a down year for tight end. So if you could get somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 points a week in uh, in DFS this year, it's actually enough to probably put you over the top in a lot of places. All right, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football team this is a less than one point game that's a one point uh total in this game uh difference rather and it's a total of 46.5 the washington football team is favored i realize it's in washington i just think cincinnati's a better football team but i thought the Bengals would show up last week against the steelers they cost me a little bit money a little bit of money i and i teased that game which made it even worse that they still couldn't keep, stay within the uh the teased total of that game but aside from T. Higgins last week, who put up seven for 115 in the touchdown. Basically his best all-around game of the year. Nobody produced on Cincinnati last week. And, TJ, do they produce this week? Do you go back to the well? I mean, listen, he's only $5,900, T. Higgins. 
he's the number one wide receiver on the team right now. I don't think it's it's he's gotten back to back nine target games. I know you'll love for Boyd. I know that Boyd is you know the the more reliable guy, the more consistent, experienced guy. But is it the T the T Higgins show? I almost called him TJ Higgins because of you. I mean, I, I don't think it's a clear-cut thing. I think it's going to be fluid on a weekly basis, but it could be either one of them. And, I mean, T. Higgins has looked fantastic. He's the only guy that really had a, anything resembling an easy time uh, with that Pittsburgh secondary. Everyone else seemed to struggle. I mean, Burrow struggled. As someone uh, that had the over in that game and was – very disappointed that since he ran out the clock, it didn't kick a field goal as time expired. Uh, that that was no fun. But uh, yeah, Boyd definitely has a better individual matchup this week as well. So I, I think he might be a leverage spot because Higgins will. I'm sure he'll be more popular. People are going to chase that. And I I don't I'm I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But I think uh, I think Boyd is good leverage here this week. Uh, yeah, with the individual matchup. It's definitely. I tell you, it's definitely not. It's not. A, it's not AJ Green who put up another offer. Last week, <laughs> we can all move on from him. That man is cooked. It's a it's a little bit of a mess. A little bit of a mess still with the backfield in Cincinnati. Uh, Gio Bernard still looking very ordinary after a couple of decent games. Uh, Mixon still not practicing. That doesn't lead me to feel like he'll be in there this week. So you're staying away from the backfield. But uh, I was following along. Um, Mike Clay was tilting last week on Twitter over J.D. McKissick's usage in that game. Um, and when I went and looked at it today, I was I, I didn't realize he got 15 targets. 15 targets in that game last week. We talked about it. We joke about it every week because uh, J.D. JD McKissick is a guy who I have in a lot of season long this year. And I even picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues where I needed some roster fill-out guys this year. And – and I like to poke fun and, and say that he's as good, if not better, than Antonio Gibson. I think we all know who the better running back is and who the future of the Washington football team is. But you can't ignore the usage. And early on, and, and right out of the the, uh, the gate in the second half, McKissick got the goal line carry. You should have seen how upset Mike was when that happened. <laughs> well, they, they came to the senses. They went to Antonio Gibson. He ended up with two touchdowns in that second half, and it saved the day for those of us who did start him because I only played cash last weekend. He was in my cash lineup across the board, so that definitely saved the day for me. Uh, TJ, I know you're not the type of guy to play J.D. McKissick, but you can't ignore the fact that he's had back-to-back 17-point games and 15 targets is hard to ignore. Do you go back to either one of these guys this week, or is it just ah? Let's go with McLaurin. Mickley, he could play. He could play with anybody. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head on the last part. It's McLaurin. I mean, McLaurin's going to absolutely smash. We saw three Pittsburgh receivers uh, go over twenty last week, and essentially, McLaurin is going to get Deontay plus targets, but with the outside big play usage. So. Uh, absolutely, McLaurin is the play. I mean, he might be the closest thing to a lock we have on the slate. Uh, as far as the running backs go, 17 points from McKissick last week is honestly the most disappointing thing you could ever think of if you played him. I mean, I played a, a running back that got 15 targets. He got me 17 points. Like, I mean, that's bridge jumper territory. Like, <laughs> you're not, I'm done. I'm done. So, yeah, that's that's about as bad as it gets. And I mean, uh, 
Gibson caught all four of his targets. He was just a more efficient player. He was a better runner. And I, I just I would imagine uh the role shifts to Gibson uh progressively more, but he could be capped this season. It might not be until next season. We'll see. But uh in this matchup, it's Gibson because I do want the goal line touchdowns against Sensi. Uh if you're playing it back, but otherwise it's McLaurin. Yeah, Riverboat Ron is the type of guy who you're gonna probably have to wait till next year to really get the full the full Gibson experience, because it seems like, for better or for worse, for efficient or not, McKiss is gonna remain a part of this offense. And I agree with you. It, it to barely break the point total for touches in the game is not impressive at all. So you definitely nailed that. Um, and hey, well, Alex Smith is fifty three hundred. I mean, he is definitely in play here. 390 yeah. passing yards last yeah, week. Man. I, I, yeah, man. I'm going to be playing some Alex Smith. I mean, that's it. There, I said it. And we know that Cincinnati will throw the ball around, and they could put up points. So Washington could be chasing in this game. So that definitely makes sense. The only other thing I will add, Logan Thomas at $3,300 faces the 31st-ranked uh, tight end defense, and he, he put up a 10-point game last week. And like we say, $3,300 to get a 10-point game out of the tight end. You're getting bang for your buck on that. So keep an eye on Logan Thomas. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers at the Jacksonville Jaguars with a total of 47 and almost 30 of those points are projected to be on the Pittsburgh side. Last week, I underestimated the Steelers against the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals, and it cost me at the betting window. This week, I, I'd like to say, TJ, I expect this to be a blowout, but uh, – the Jaguars played the Packers really well last week. And that game, that game came down to the, you know, the last five to six minutes of the game. So maybe the Jaguars are a little live. Maybe they're, they're not going to roll over and play dead, even though we think that they're tanking for Trevor trying to get ahead of the jets, but we'll have to see. Listen on the Pittsburgh side, it's the usual suspects. All three receivers saw 20 point games, as we pointed out last week. And they are still ranking them price-wise on name power alone. Juju is the the most expensive at $6,400. Chase Claypool, who's become kind of the TikTok and media darling this year, and rightfully so because he's a very good dude. If you've seen some of his videos, he's very generous. He's uh, given to people, and and I definitely like Chase as an individual and as a player. He comes in at $6,100, and there's – there's little lowly Deontay, little little twenty six point game Deontay, under six thousand at fifty nine hundred. I know you'll have Deontay up and down your lineups this week. This is the twenty fourth ranked wide receiver defense they're up against. But would you play Chase Claypool in some of your lineups where you don't have him? Would you double up on them? I know you're not playing Juju. You're not a Juju guy. I've already come to accept that he's not going to be in your lineups. But is Chase Claypool going to make it into your lineup? Yeah, I, I, I mean, sure. I'll, I'll absolutely play Claypool. I'll, I'll absolutely play Ben, and I'll double stack them up. Um, depending how many lineups I play this week, I may get to some juju, but that's that's dicey. Um, the comeback in this game, uh, for once, it's not James Robinson for the Jaguars. I think it is Chark. I think he's most similar to T. Higgins. I think he's the one that can kind of rack up those points as the terrible Jaguars trail. So uh, Chark is very attractive to me as well. And I don't think, uh, you know, making these game stacks in this game, it, it is not price prohibitive at all. 
you know, Shark, shark remains under 6 k So, yeah. Let's get it. $5,700 for Shark, and I think that that's probably – he's probably being – based off of his quarterback, right? But that kid can throw the ball downfield. Listen, we don't need – we don't care if Luden throws interceptions. We're not playing Luden. We're playing Chark. And uh, the other guy, keep an eye on, uh, you know, Chenault is, didn't play last week. He's not practicing again right now. Uh, Keelan Cole, very impressive with the, the big 91-yard kick return on top of a receiving touchdown in last week's game, and he's always very interesting. He comes in at only $3,800. So if you're going to make stacks in this game and you want to throw you know, a cheap wild card play in there, he's going to allow you to get some more expensive players at other positions into your lineup. It's Go probably ahead, worth noting, too. Uh, Pittsburgh, I know last week they were at home, but uh, – the previous three weeks, they were on the road. Obviously, they won all their games, but uh, I believe the point differential combined was 12 points in those three wins. So it's not like they're blowing anyone out on the road right now. Yeah, and we know uh, – so you got to be careful with that also, by the way, with those Ben road splits. You never know. Those could come back to haunt you. Those are a real thing as well. You mentioned James Robinson, uh, $6,400. Again, bulk touches last week, 100 yards against a not-so-good rushing defense with Green Bay, but this is a really good Pittsburgh run defense. And much like you said, I am off of James Robinson for this week. He'll, he'll not be in any of my lineups this week. So uh, before we move on to the rest of the slate, guys, 2020 has already shaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You'll, you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers you a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. Making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can get help and he can get you help the quality. Boy, usually a match here, we get through these so smoothly. The sound messed it up today. Uh, so it's clear Indeed can get you the help you, you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through December 31st terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. 
From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.com. A G. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And right before we came on, TJ, we were talking about the NBA draft because you know we do record this show on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to us later in the week, uh, the NBA draft was going on, and uh, TJ four for four for five on on props in the NBA draft. So props to you, sir, for uh, you know winning and also being a degenerate that you bet on this type of stuff. Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Let's move along to the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans, a total of 48. Boy, I, I was shocked to see the New England Patriots pull off the win against the Baltimore Ravens. It might have, it might have had more to do with the fact that they played in a monsoon than anything else, but a win is a win. And uh, Cam comes in at $6,200 this week. It's Listen, it's a – it's a decent matchup, and I think people are going to be off of him. Um, but I don't know if I'm comfortable with Cam. Uh, I will say this. Harris, the running back, at $5,700 is in a really nice spot, right? First, the 31st-ranked running back defense. But he has a 100-yard rushing game three times this year. But he only has one touchdown because when they get inside the five-yard line, it's not even a secret to anybody. Cam Newton's running the ball. They'll do it three times in a row if they have to. So, TJ, at $5,700, it's a nice price for Harris against the 31st-ranked run and running back defense. But the fact that you can almost guarantee he won't score a touchdown, does that, that keep you away from Harris? I don't know if he can almost guarantee it, but I, it, it has been frustrating. I mean, he's a better version of Sony Michelle, except with Cam under center now. Like you said, the touchdowns uh, just don't come at the same rate. I think that is due for some level of regression. And I think he he's still an okay play. We're just not getting the targets and we can't be sure about the touchdown, but the lack of targets, I mean that's that's just going to completely cap the ceiling. So play a little bit, don't go crazy. I mean, uh if you're playing 20 lineups, play 10%. If you're playing 150 lineups, maybe play 15%. But that's uh I think that's where I'm at on Harris. You know, we have a tendency to, to talk mostly DraftKings on the show. We're not obligated to only talk DraftKings, but I only play at DraftKings. I don't play at FanDuel, just full disclosure. But with the scoring change, scoring being a little bit different on FanDuel, he's probably a better play over on that side because we know it's uh, you get less credit for receptions over there. But he will not be getting you any receptions. And we always have the James White, uh, sexy Rexy pops up. And uh, lately we have Jacoby Myers who comes in at $4,900. Listen, two weeks ago, he saw 14 targets, and he smashed for 160-plus yards and at least one touchdown. Those targets were cut in half this past week. Again, they played in a monsoon. But he threw the best touchdown pass we've seen out of a New England player all year. What are your feelings with Jacoby Myers? I know you're probably not playing Cam anywhere, but would you at $4,900, would you drop Jacoby into any lineups? 
Honestly, on Cam real quick, I, I, I don't think he's out of play. I think with that Houston front, you don't even have to worry about him throwing the ball. I think he uh, he can produce just rushing. And we already talked about it. If Harris isn't getting the touchdowns, well, who is? You know, it'll be Cam. That'll be okay. But Harris, the price is absolutely right, 4900 He's absolutely a volume monster right now. I think that's going to continue. I think it's another exploitable individual matchup, which he didn't have last week, but now he has this week. The volume will be there, absolutely, 4900 I'm in, man. I'm very in. You there on him? Yeah, I actually – I'm kind of upset that I don't have him in any of my season long, so I might as well get some use out of him uh, in the DFS area. Yeah, I like him this week. I, I'm a cam guy, so he might sneak into a lineup or two if I play – if I go beyond cash this week. I don't know that he's my cash quarterback, but, uh, yeah, I, I could see Jacoby Myers sneaking in there for me a little bit this week. Listen, on the Texan side, it was an absolutely ugly game all around. Uh, we talked about Cleveland earlier, and that's who they faced. And it was a 10-7 game, and legitimately nobody, nobody got it done on that side of the ball last week. We were very excited for Duke Johnson. You had mentioned on the show you couldn't wait to hear if David Johnson would be out. And they they threw one ball in Duke Johnson's. They made him <laughs> the, the single running back in the backfield, and they threw him one pass, which, by the way, he did not catch. So he had 54 rushing yards and finished with 5.4 last week. Um, you could tell me, TJ, in a minute what your feelings are about Duke going forward, but I don't think I'm going to be going back to that well anytime soon. And then we have Fuller and Cook, 6,200 and 5,200 respectively. I, I, you could score on this New England defense. This is not an old school, you know, amazing New England defense. And I know that they held that Baltimore team in check a little bit last week but again it's a it's a monsoon and everything's out the window when it happens so talk to me about the Texan side of the ball and if you're interested in anybody honestly I think it's going to be a more of a typical Patriots game I think they're going to keep it slower there will be enough points scored that it won't be completely worthless where you're benching your guys in season long on the Houston side but I also I have no excitement for playing anyone at all uh, on the Texans. And that's assuming Duke Johnson plays. If he doesn't play, you might, 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 might get a very sneaky one with uh, Buddy uh, Buddy Howell. I don't think it would be process. I think it might be Howell. So that would be the only, only tidbit there. But, yeah, uh, I'm – going to be pretty much out on the Houston side of the ball in this game. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you there. With my one measly little CJ ProSize uh, stock and a 16-team uh, redraft, I, I hope it is CJ ProSize this week. Although he'll be on my bench because there's no chance I'm putting him in there taking that chance to have him in there. But uh, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, who we just talked about. This, this is a 49-point total, and uh, boy – it, the Baltimore is a six-point favorite at home over Tennessee, six-and-a-half-point favorite. And it seems like just a few short weeks ago, because it was, we were talking about the Tennessee Titans as possibly being one of the best teams in the league. They were undefeated. They were going in to play the other undefeated team in the league, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they lost to. Uh, and they have now lost three out of their last four games. The one win was against the god-awful Chicago Bears, who themselves – our tail spinning after starting out the season five and one, but Baltimore who also lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers three weeks ago, have lost two out of three 
These are two desperate teams, two teams that were expecting the challenge for the division uh, titles, respectively, their divisions, who are in desperate need of a win. So I'm expecting to see a good game. I, I want to watch this game this week. If I'm going to pick one game on the slate that I want to sit down and watch, this is the one. But I'll be I'll be watching Red Zone as typical anyway because we're all degenerates. We can't watch this one game at a time. But um, to what are the what are the DFS plays here? I mean, Lamar for me, Lamar is all the way down to seventy three hundred dollars. He was for the longest time the most expensive quarterback on a slate every week, and he's just not anymore. And you can attack this Tennessee defense, and I think that this might be a prime spot to get Lamar because he's going to do everything he can with the legs, much like we talked about uh, Cam Newton. And I like him. I don't know that I like any of his pass catching weapons this week, but I think a naked Lamar is attractive, which is just a weird statement. Cause if you said that anywhere outside of the DFS community, people would definitely be like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so what, what do you feel on Lamar this week, TJ? I don't know what to make of him. Honestly, uh, I think it's just really flying under the radar, the loss of Boyle and what's it, what it's going to mean for that offense. I mean, he was essentially six linemen on a team that loves to run the ball. Um, I have to double-check this. I think they only had two tight ends on the roster, and I don't know if they made a signing this week. So now yeah, you have Mark Andrews. They'll be signing somebody, I'm sure. But like you're saying, he was considered the best blocking tight end in the league. Yes, very much so. So, I mean, now I think we're going to see a change in the sense that if Andrews is going to be on the field every snap, he's not going to be out there blocking. He's going to be running routes. They're going to be throwing the ball at a higher clip than they have. And that has been an absolute nightmare and an adventure for Lamar this season. I mean, he has been utterly terrible. He's been less accurate than Foles. And what I'm getting at here is that Tennessee defense that struggled, they they at least dropped 14 on Foles and the Bears two weeks ago. So the Tennessee defense is a play I'm looking at here. But I, I, I think Mark Andrews, like we said, uh, we finally saw a nine-target game last week. I think he's going to just have a huge elevated role in what Baltimore is forced to do on offense because they are going to have to make a change or they're going to – or they're going to actually put a six lineman on the field <laughs> yeah, and report him eligible. I mean, I, I, I'm just very curious to see how this is going to play out. Um, where's Max Williams? Wasn't that the other guy's name? Is he still in the league? That guy, is he around somewhere? Uh, I thought he went to a different team. I could be wrong. What about what about Todd Heap? Todd Heap floating around anywhere? Okay, that was a really old reference. Um, I like it. Hey, $4,900 for Andrews is probably the cheapest he's been. All year as well. Listen, what, what what to make of Hollywood Brown this year? Teams have been able to game plan him out of the game. The the New England Patriots completely took him out of the game last week, and and that left a guy I used to love in Willie Sneed. But forty five hundred dollars, I I don't know. I, I I don't know that I could get on board with Willie Sneed this week, even at that cheap price. But you know, you, you never know. Over on the other side, Derrick Henry, always reliable, $8,000. It's, you know, a, mid, a middling run defense on the Baltimore side. You can run on them. You know, they're not they're not the old-school, hard-nosed Baltimore defense. So if you you want somebody who's reliable, you know he's going to get plenty of carries around the, the, the end zone. 
$8,000 isn't a crazy price when Kamara is at 9200 and Kamara brings the pass catch, obviously, to the game that Henry does it. But let's talk about A.J. Brown, who absolutely foobarred that game last week. I mean, he dropped the ball that was a 50- to 60-yard touchdown if he pulls that in. He dropped another target near the end zone. He had the case of the drops this week. He finished with one catch, I think, for four yards. I, I didn't write it down, but if that's I think that's what I remember seeing. Uh, $7,200, do you think that this is a – come back people are going to be off of him type of week and and i could get him in my lineups or are you concerned with this tennessee offense right now i don't know if i'm as concerned as i'm just not going to pay 7200 for aj brown in this matchup i mean even if he hits if he gets what 23 dk i i don't know if i if he told me in advance i was getting 18 to 20 dk for that 7200 from him i'd still probably go in another direction and I still think that if you set the total, I would bet the under. So it's just not a spot where I, I want to play A.J. Brown. And I don't think I want to play a single player on Tennessee outside of the defense, which for making a correlation play, then you pay up for Derrick Henry. Say, all right, defense, give me to, you know, set up Henry for touchdowns. But it, it, it's mostly an unattractive game for me. Uh, I'll dabble some defense on both sides. Uh, definitely going to play some Andrews, but on the Tennessee side, it's just really difficult. Yeah, and and from the top, that was my point. This is a game I want to watch as a football fan, but I don't know that it screams, you know, slate-breaking DFS wins uh, from anywhere. But the defense is an excellent, excellent point to make in that game. The Detroit Lions visit the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is a one-point game with a total of 49 Detroit was on their way to an ugly Falcons-style loss last week uh, when they let the Washington football team stall all the way back and tie the game, but they managed to kick a field goal late. Thank God for them that they have a kicker like Matt Prater who can just basically kick it from the other side of the field anytime you need him. doesn't matter. And uh, they pulled it out. Kenny Galladay's return to practice. He was limited, uh, but it is promising for him to play Sunday. And – Listen, he's reasonably priced at $5,800. So, TJ, if you get a full, clean bill of health on Kenny Galladay, you know he's a go at $5,800. Are you comfortable just plopping him right back into the lineup? Yeah. I, if he's playing and he's 5800 I'm playing Galladay in essentially any matchup. Uh, I think this is a slightly plus matchup. Granted, he's not my favorite play on the Detroit side. I mean, this is a game where if you like to watch teams fall over themselves trying to stop running backs, well, you're going to enjoy every second of this game. You know, the Lions and the Panthers are absolutely horrific at that. And uh, that just segues us into DeAndre Swift, who finally uh, was reported will get a start. You know, so we didn't really know what to do with that. But, I mean, he, he took that. He got a full workload. He absolutely smashed. Uh, he smashed rushing. He smashed receiving. I think he scored. Uh, oh, he only scored receiving. I thought he scored rushing as well. But, uh, yeah, if we see that same workload that he got against Washington this week uh, against Carolina, it's going to be at least a repeat of last week. So I absolutely love Swift in this game, and I do like Galladay as well. Yeah, and, and he jumped up significantly in price this week. He went up $1,300 from his price last week to 6400 DraftKings. And Matt usually likes to comment on the DraftKings pricing. Uh, they wasted no time seeing that roll. And that roll was 16 carries and five targets, which he totaled 
uh, for 149 yards and the receiving touchdown. As you mentioned, I think the most important number that comes out of this is that Adrian Peterson and Kenyon Ken, carry on Johnson. They totaled only five carries between the two of them and one target. So he was the quote unquote starting running back. Cause what is that really like when people say a guy's a starter, it doesn't. So what they get to say his name on screen and then the other guy comes in, but no, he played the legitimate bell cow back role last week and he smashed at it. So at $6,400, he's cheaper than a guy like James Robinson, who you've been comfortable with all year. And you might want to go back to that. Well, but no, it's a much better play with DeAndre Swift. And you made the point. Um, we've said it over and over again on this play running backs against the Carolina Panthers, right? They're the 30th ranked running back defense, but we have the luxury of on the other side of the ball, it's the 32nd ranked running back defense. And that brings us Mike Davis, whose price also shot up because he was so ridiculously priced last week at $4,000. We know Christian McCaffrey. He's ruled out again. That's a definite for at least another week. And at $6,800, could you see yourself playing both running backs in this game in the same lineup? Honestly, I hate to do it, but yes. And if you look at Davis, no one's going to play him at this price. He's going to be just completely forgotten. It's going to be, oh, Curtis Samuel, his role. They ran no snaps last week. I mean, it was like nil, none. So we are going to see a completely different situation for the running back for Carolina, which obviously is Davis. McCaffrey's already ruled out. And at 6,800, I, I mean, he's just an own, completely an ownership play because he's going to be essentially unowned. I guarantee it. I guarantee him sub 5% at 6,800. And he, I think he does still have the ceiling. I don't think it's all Samuel. So just for that reason, I will play him. Yeah, we saw Samuels come back to earth a little bit last week. $4,700, right? He's very reasonably priced, and he's had he had three great games in a row. But early in that game, he actually had a couple of counts. Like, man, they're really going to this guy. Well, he was gone after that. You almost didn't see him at all. And it, it might have had something to do with the fact that DJ Moore showed up last week, and he's back again reasonably priced at $5,600. it has been a little while since we've seen the big Robbie Anderson game, and he's still the most expensive one at 6000 uh, he could be sneaky because, again, people might be off of him. But I like Mike Davis. I like DJ Moore here. Um, you know, before we move on for this game, if Kenny Galladay for some reason gets ruled out again, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. at $5,500, he's got touchdowns in the three straight games that Galladay has been out. He's got four in those three games. I think you'd, you'd be hard-pressed not to go back to him at 5500 if Galladay is out. Uh, TJ, if you disagree with that, let me know. Well, no, I, I think that's okay. But, I mean, we had a complete reversal today. While Galladay practiced, Marvin Jones was completely out. He oh, see, now so. I missed that. So, look at yeah, yeah. so, we, I mean, it could just be, oh, my God. And they're essentially the same price. So, you know, if one one plays, the other one doesn't. I think uh, I think you've got a really great scenario there. So, yeah. I did, I did see Amendola because Amendola left that game, and he's also not practicing. So, that's one less guy. In the mix as well, uh, Marvin Hall caught a touchdown pass last week, but I don't know that he gets enough volume and uh, and the upside is there for you to play him. Oh, the other thing, Teddy Bridgewater might not play in this game. That is something to keep an eye on. I did see a report tonight where they could split Will Greer and P.J. Walker in this game, play both guys, which then probably lends more to Mike Davis and, and getting the dump-off passes and being a better game for Mike Davis and making an even better play 
there. So uh, let's head over to the late games. The Miami Dolphins at the Denver Broncos with ugh, a 45.5 total in this game. Miami on the road, a three-point favorite. Listen, remember when all of Twitter was groaning over how the Dolphins were throwing the season away by sitting Fitz down, starting to, or what's wrong with everybody? I can't tell you how many people that day I said, this is the whole reason you drafted this guy was to get him the experience this year. This was never Fitz's job. Fitz knew it wasn't his job. Well, they're 3-0 and on the tour. Uh, they have a chance this week, if they win with the Bills on a bye week, to move into a tie for the AFC East. And their defense, talk about defenses that have stepped up in recent weeks and have put up point totals and have been relatively reasonably priced. This is one. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to get get in that huge. Get in that, TJ. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, that defense, man, they have completely picked it up. And it, there's just no understanding it. So, I, I mean, I, I, I'm i just a fan. I want to like him, and I do like him. So, you know, go Miami. And with all that said, I, I don't see a lot of other plays in this game that get me excited, right? I mean, we, we could go back to Jerry Judy. Um, we could go back to your boy, KJ Hamler, maybe one of the – I mean, Drew Locke is a little banged up, and I, got, and I saw where the coach said – Fangio said he's going to have to see some serious amount of snaps. So you might be looking at a backup quarterback there this week. So – I don't think I'm playing anybody except for maybe the Miami defense, especially if we get one of the backup quarterbacks in there on the Denver side. But what about yourself, TJ? Is there anybody on either side of the ball? Yeah, we got Salvin Ahmed, man. I mean, he he's doing some full workload. Yes, Ahmed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I mean, on the Miami side, yeah, I do want the running back. That'd be fine. I mean, he's going to get the rushing workload. If he sees more targets, even better yet. I'm completely – uh, on board with that. But uh, you mentioned my boy KJ Hamler, man. And just off the top of your head, do you know how many targets he has the last two weeks? I, I don't. So I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 17. 20. Two 10 target right. games in a row. Oh, so, okay. I mean, yeah, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't had the smash game yet. But I, I truly think it's coming, and I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. If you put the ball in his hand seven times, ten targets, uh, I, I think it's going to come. So I absolutely will be playing some Hamler, but I think that's going to end my usage of this game. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. So let's move over to the lowly New York Jets back out of their bye week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we got a 47 total in this game. The Chargers are favored by, what, nearly eight points, seven and a half points? In this game, which is wild because the Chargers lose. They lose bad pretty much on a weekly basis. And uh, I don't know if you saw Herbert's really bad haircut, but uh, I don't think he's playable anymore based on that haircut. It's absolutely atrocious. Uh, that was the buzz on Twitter today. Everybody was uh, disappointed in Justin Herbert's haircut. But at $6,800, probably not the guy I'm on this week. Go ahead, bud. What's up? <laughs> Curtis said to me today, if his agent isn't getting him a proactive sponsorship, he should be fired on the spot. <laughs> oh my God. That's the, that's the problem cutting your hair while the pimples come out. Right. But yeah, it's, 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 it's set up perfectly for him to represent proactive. Um, that's a Keenan Allen comes in at $7,400. I don't know that I'm paying up for him this week in this game. This has the makings of an ugly game for me. Uh, personally, the one guy you mentioned him last week. You said we hadn't talked about him much, and that that is Hunter Henry, and uh, he comes in at forty six hundred dollars. He had a good game last week, and this is a good matchup uh, for the tight ends against the Jets. So, TJ, 
maybe I'm playing Hunter Henry in this game. Probably very little else. What about yourself? I mean, Hunter Henry had the exact same game he always has. He had his four catches. He got his 30 yards. Just one of them happened to be in the end zone. So it looks a little different. That was it. Yeah, we had we didn't so, power him to drop a ball the week before for them to be like, oh, we can't go to him now. We're gonna have to go to. Right? <laughs> we finally, got to go to Henry in this one. Where's Par? Are we gonna see? Uh, are we gonna see Walker and Parham, uh, at the XFL star, starting in the same week? That'll be fun. That would be know, fantastic. Seriously, man, I, I, I'm having a real hard time knowing what to do with this game. We know how bad the Jets are, but I mean, it, at the end of the day, and. We can't state anything more true. Every Charger game is the same. They find ways to lose. They find ways to be close. And I don't care if it's the Jets on the road. I I, I don't trust Lynn. I never will. And I, I just don't know what to make of this. And because of that, I, I almost put the wide receivers, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, more in play than I otherwise would. Uh, I don't know if there's a running back I want to play uh, until Eckler comes back at this point because – that is a mess as well. So it's it's just kind of gross. Um, is there anyone you like on the on the Jet side besides Crowder, the God? Yeah, if, Crow, if Crowder's back fully healthy, then I could see. You know, we we know Flacco's going to play. Um, Sam Donald's out again. I think I think two more weeks. Um, I think that they're basically protecting him right now because to keep his trade value um, somewhere where they can maybe get the most for him as a healthy quarterback and not damaged goods. And I think that that's where they're headed with that. So yeah, I don't think there's much else outside of that. It's a little bit of a mess with the running backs there. But P Ryan would be nice if he was getting a little Mims. Little Mims is okay. Yeah. He's 300 Mims. That'll work. He's interesting. But I, like I said, I was going to say that that they just, they keep throwing gore in there a little bit too much for for you to get excited about P Ryan, you know, until they realize, Hey, let's move on from, from gore and see what this kid can actually do with a full, complimented touches you're going to want to stay away from those those guys there so no i'm going to move on from this game to the green bay packers visiting the indianapolis colts probably the the next and again the the next highest total game at 51 probably the game i'm next most interested to watch behind the the ravens and the titans this week because we got two good teams here listen the colts are good the colts lost week one to jacksonville remember that all the way back in week one uh, if they should have won that game, it would be a, it's a far better record for them at this point. But what's interesting for this game, the Colts are favored by two and a half at home. Um, I did see that report today that said that Devontae Adams was limited, but he's not committal to whether or not he'll be ready to play. We saw him leave with the ankle injury. He was pushing to get back on the field, uh, and he finally got back there and caught the touchdown. But but the adrenaline's pumping. We know that these guys can get out there and play. Adrenaline pumping, and we never know what gets given inside the blue tent as well to get him back out there. But they did activate Alan Lazard this week at $4,600. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I thought would go running hide after that big game, actually had a bigger game this past week. He comes in at a nice $4,800. So let's say Adams doesn't play. Which one of those guys do you feel comfortable going to? Lazard's just coming back after being out for a while. Do you feel comfortable going to? This is a good Colts defense. They've proven it week in and week out now. They, they could shut down good offenses. So do you even feel comfortable playing anybody on the Green Bay side this week? Oh Well, if Adams is out, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think Lazard was playing ahead of MVS, and he'll continue to play ahead of MVS uh, once he's back. But – 
if Adams is out, both of them are going to be on the field. Neither one of them could hit. So, I, I mean, I would tilt the ownership towards Lazard while playing them both. But I, I'd be good with both. But, man, I, I could see this just being a completely gross game. You know, uh, Rivers is going to struggle, uh, especially if the running game doesn't take off immediately. Well, Rivers always struggles if the running game doesn't take off immediately. So what Taylor is able to do early, I think, is going to have a huge bearing. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try and go back to Hines. And just like every time Hines has a big game, he wilts the following week. And if they try to do that early, they could find themselves in a hole and be in trouble. Yeah, and again, we've seen running back after running back after running back have big games against this Green Bay defense, right? So we'd like to feel comfortable to start one of these Colts running backs, but you just can't. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is just not what we, especially us dynasty community guys, TJ, hoped that he would be. But it's year one. I mean, we know that. We're not off of him for the future, obviously. Um, But it's probably just not going to happen this year. This could be the game where it happens. You want to sneak him in a lineup. I can't argue with it, but he's just not getting the the touches. Wilkins is too involved. And like you said, last week, Hines just absolutely smashes. And where he's usually the pass catching back, he got 16 carries, I think, in that game. Like they just, it was working. And that's the hot hand approach. That's exactly what hot hand approach looks like. Um, So, one of these three guys will probably have a good week, and uh, maybe even Trey Burton runs one into the end zone this week. We know that we've seen him line up there and run. You know, when I clicked on this game uh, on on DraftKings and I go to the quarterbacks and I and I see Philip Rivers, I chuckle. I'm like, I will never play Philip Rivers. I don't care if if it's a two game slate. <laughs> Philip Rivers is probably not getting into my lineup. I'll play Jake Luton before I get Philip Rivers into a lineup. Um, but yeah, let's move on. From this game, well, you know what? Let's not. Let's talk oh, about Michael yeah. Pittman. There's, yeah, let's talk yeah, about Michael say, Pittman. We can't he's, he's on there, and uh, we had the breakout game last week. Seven receptions, 101 yards, a 21 yard run. Uh, TJ, you like him in this game? You like him in this matchup? Well, I, I don't like him in the particular matchup per se, but it, you know, I if he's going to have the role he had last week, I think he's going to hit more weeks than not. Uh, he hasn't had a touchdown yet. Um, that could easily happen this week. Do we know if Jair Alexander is playing this week? That's what I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, uh, I did. He, I did not see. We'd have to. We'll have to definitely check on that as we get. Closer. If he's out, I'm way more interested in Pittman, and uh, I, I would love to play him at that point. Uh, if he's in, I'll still I'll still sprinkle Pittman, but I won't be as excited uh, on a DFS perspective as I am just clicking start in dynasty leagues. Yeah, and speaking of dynasty, as we said, you and I play. You know, you, you you're, you're trying to make a trade with me right now. That's probably not going to happen. I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just I'm teasing you. But um, man, the wide receivers have just smashed this year. I mean, have you do you remember seeing a class where this many guys were this good in year one? We've had guys that were good. We've had two to three guys that were good. There's like seven to eight guys on a weekly basis that you can consider from this year's draft class in a wide receiver position. It's just been fantastic. And the best one hasn't broken out yet. It really could be this week. And uh, he's speaking, of course, of K.J. Hamler. We know his love for K.J. Hamler. Rager. Who? Could be the Rager. Jalen Rager. Oh, Jalen Rager. Well, listen, that would make me happy because I, I got him – uh, when people passed up on him for some of the bigger names, I have him in some places, which made me happy. So, um, all right, now we can move on to the last game 
on the slate. That is the ugly Dallas Cowboys coming out of their bye week against the surging Minnesota Vikings. Uh, TJ, call me crazy here, and you probably will, and you might not agree with me on this. Crazy, Sal. (laughs) With the bye week and a healthy Andy Dalton, I have a feeling we're going to see a competitive Dallas offense, a much better Dallas offense than we've seen over the last three to four weeks. And I have a feeling uh, that C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are very playable this week at very reasonable prices, $5,400 for Cooper, 5000 for Lamb. Listen, with Garrett Gilbert, Lamb had four for 71 and a touchdown before the bye. I think Dalton is obviously a better quarterback than Gilbert. I wouldn't even mind if they actually stayed with Gilbert, but I think he's better than Gilbert. And, yeah, I think that I want to play these guys this week. What are your feelings on it? I don't know about what, but I get it. You know, it, it just has the feel that the defense kind of improved uh, going into the bye and just a more balanced, competitive team. It's going to help the offense overall. I mean, we're seeing Zeke now at 6,500. Uh, I guess he was 6,600 the week before the bye, but his lowest price leading into that on the season was 7,500. So uh, Zeke might be the most attractive one to me. Uh, on the Dallas side of the ball. But even going back to when Dak was healthy, I had such a hard time figuring out how I wanted to play the wide receivers. And, I mean, that's even less so now with Dalton. So, you know, can one of them hit? Absolutely. I, I, I think it is maybe even more probable than possible. But trying to cherry pick that one that's going to hit, I think that's uh, a very difficult spot uh, from a DFS perspective. That's it. Just start 150 lineups and just use them both in different spots. <laughs> if you if you if you're mass entry, it's a lot easier than if you're a three uh, a three entry guy. So you say both. You mean Gallup and Lamb or Gallup and Cooper? <laughs> All right. I know you like it. Listen, I like Michael Gallup. I, I hope the guys. You know, I'm, I want to see him succeed. It's not like and again, so damn reasonably priced. Uh, was all the major Viking players are at play? In this game, I mean, the, the the Cowboys are almost as bad as the Seattle Seahawks at stopping wide receivers. So Jefferson should be in play. Thielen should be in play. And Dalvin Cook is like Alvin Kamara at this point. He's always in play. We've seen him go up against a very difficult defense, uh, run defense on Monday night and and still just, just missed the bonus, you know, but and have to get a lot of carries to get there. He had to get a lot of carries to get there, right? But he's such an integral part of that offense that they're going to feed him a ton. And against this defense, he, he could, he could definitely, definitely smash. Um, 82 carries in three weeks is insane. Yeah. Well, you, they're definitely not afraid to keep going to. Him. I I guess it, when you play green Bay and Detroit back to back and get that, that volume, you're going to hit. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're uh Matt Asiata, I mean, he'll still hit. So Matt, the the muscle, the muscle bound man, Matt Asiata, we all remember him well. <laughs> Excellent from five yards in, right? Now, TJ, you know, uh, coming into the night before we talked, and and what Matt not being here, I said, I I'm, wor- I'm worried, I'm worried that we're going to go off the rails and and really smash through the time. But man, this might be the the fastest show we've done. All year. So the problem is clearly Matt Jones. Matt, if you're watching, it's clearly your fault that we go long all the time. 
You hear that, Matt? You're never going to hear the end of this ever, ever. <laughs> TJ, going over the slate, is there any last-minute things you want to throw in, anything you want to add to the viewers or listeners that are checking us out this week? I, I just – I guess – as I look down the pricing, I, I don't feel there's a need to pay up for essentially anyone over 8K. Uh, I, even if Adams plays, I don't think he's super attractive. Kamara is finally priced where you don't have to play him. And I mean, even the 7K, 8K guys, they're, they're, they're just not super attractive. I think balance this week is going to win. All right, very cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the On The Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On The Daily DFS. You can find me at FF. You can find my co-host at TJ Calkins. And, of course, the man himself at Matt Jones TFR. Feel better, buddy. We look forward to having you back next week. And we look forward to seeing you next week and seeing you in the game.